Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So good to see everyone who's gathered in person. Welcome also to those who are gathered online. Glad that you're with us today, and I hope that you can stay with us through to the end of the service today. So good to be in God's presence, good to be in God's house. And uh, one of the things that I pray for regularly for our gatherings is that we experience the presence of God. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I want every time we come together as Christians, is that we experience the presence of God. Because when God shows up with his presence, it changes things. It changes us. It changes the dynamics. It changes the atmosphere. It changes everything when God turns up. And so often we can be good through life and we can be good going through life in our own sort of steam and uh, managing things in our own way. And then we come to that point. Sometimes we come to a crisis point in life and we go, Lord, I need you. And God comes because he's gracious and he comes and he visits us with his presence once again. And we realize actually how much we needed him all along. And sometimes we come to these moments in life where we, we, we just go, Lord, I need your presence. Well, here's the thing. We need his presence every day. Every day in life we need his presence. To actually be what he has called us to be to start with, we need his presence. And so I, want you, I just want to encourage you to begin to pray that prayer every day. Lord, come and presence yourself in my life. Come and presence yourself in whatever area of uh, ministry you're involved in, whatever job you're involved in, in your family, whatever it is, pray for God's presence to come. And when he comes, he will begin to change things. We're going to change the atmosphere in this place today by worshiping God, by singing praise to God. And let's just really seek his presence as we gather today. Let's seek his presence as we worship in, in, in song today. And just as we uh, come to, to God's word uh, in just a little while, let's really pray that we hear the voice of God today, that we experience the presence of God today. If you're able to stand, please stand. You don't need to keep standing all the way through our praise, but if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to. And let's just worship him because he's worthy today. Father, we thank you that you're here. Lord, you, you have already said that you'll never leave us or forsake us. And Father, we know that your, your Holy Spirit lives within us. But Father, we pray just for that, manifestation of your presence today. Father, that we would be so aware of the, the, the very real presence of God in our place today, in our hearts, in our church, for those who are gathered online. Father, may we be so aware of your presence, because Father, we know that when you turn up, things change. Father, wherever Jesus went, he changed the circumstances. Lord, we might be looking at circumstances today, and the reality of what we see with our physical eyes is different from what we're hoping for, praying for, believing for. But Father, we pray that we would press into the things which you're showing us, Lord, that it might be different from the reality that we see. But Father, we pray in faith today, Lord, that you will bring those things to reality that we are believing you for, whether it's in our, our personal lives, in our families, in our workplace, in our school, in our college, our university, whether it's in church, in our community, Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, we pray that you'd come and that you would show us, demonstrate your presence, manifest your presence. May there be a, a physical, tangible evidence of your presence and the things that we're facing. And Lord, we just pray. We pray now as we come to worship you through song, Lord, that you would be glorified in our praise. Lord, that you'd be lifted up in our praise. And Lord, that you would come and meet with us in our praise. In Jesus' name we ask and for your glory. Amen. Amen.
just leave uh, this service open for a few minutes just for you to give thanks to God. Lift your voice in this place this morning and give him praise and thanks and honour and glory for all that he is doing. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory. We worship you, Father. We worship you because you're worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. I was just struck by the words of this psalm as I was reading it during the week and I felt at some point in the, the service I would share it. Psalm 20. It says, May the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your offerings. Verse 4, listen to this. May he give you the desires of your heart and may call your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and we'll lift up our banners in the name 
of our God. May the Lord grant you all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to the knees and fall, but we rise and stand firm. O Lord, save the king, answer us when we call. And Father, we think about the children of Israel as they came out of Egypt. And Father, as they stood at a crisis moment in front of the Red Sea, Father, with an enemy chasing them behind, Father, with hope beginning to dissipate in their hearts as they saw an insurmountable obstacle in front of them and an enemy behind them. But Father, what made the difference in that situation was your presence. Father, the cloud which led them out of Egypt moved from the front of them to behind them and shielded them from the enemy. And Father Moses was commanded to take up that staff and to obey the thing which you had spoken into his heart and life. And Father, that sea opened up. And Father, they walked through on dry land. And Lord, we know that those who trusted in chariots and horses were consumed by the waters. Father, the water began to to swell in against them and they drowned in the sea. The Egyptians who were chasing them to pursue them and to kill them were drowned in the sea. And Father, we, we recognize just through that story and Father, so many other accounts in the Bible that Father, you're a God who sees, you're a God who hears the cries of his people and Father, that you are a God who answers and Father, we thank you that you are victorious. Father, in every circumstance, you are sovereign and that you will remain victorious. And Father, we worship you this morning. We serve you this morning. We give ourselves to you this morning. And Lord, where there are those in this place today, Father, who are struggling, Lord, we pray that they would find you. Father, may the Lord answer them when they are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect them today, Father. May you send them help from the sanctuary and grant them support from Zion. And may we in turn remember, remember you, Father. Father, remember all the times when we've given things to you sacrificially, Father, when we've followed you, when we've served you, when it's cost us. And Father, we pray that we would see you, Father, in the circumstances that we're facing. And Lord, that you would be glorified in the circumstances. Lord, we pray for brothers and sisters across the world today who are facing persecution. Lord, those who are in distress, not only emotionally, not only internally, but Father, who are facing a very real enemy, who are facing very real circumstances where their very lives are in danger and they're under threat and experiencing threat. Father, we pray that you would be their strength, that you would deliver them. And Father, we pray that you would strengthen them and give them courage in their hearts. Lord, help us to remember them and to support them and just to be with them, to stand alongside them. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, may our ears be open to hear all that you want to say to us through your spirit today. And Lord, we pray that our hearts would be attentive to all that you want to do in this place in Jesus' name. Please be seated. She's going to invite Anne up. She's going to uh, introduce Wednesday's prayer time to us. Up you come, Anne. Thank you. Morning, everyone. Guess what? Wednesday mission prayer evening. So this is my plug to encourage you all to come along. So I'm going to read to you from Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how we, could, we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of us are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, the day approaching isn't Wednesday, but <laughs> just in case you're confused about that, but we need to meet more and more. 
Anyway, this Wednesday, I'm delighted that Jonathan Hutchison's coming to join us, and he's going to share about Watoto. You may remember that Stuart came up on the platform with me before and shared that with us. Now, Jonathan's been at the church in person himself. He's never been at a prayer meeting before, so I'm really looking forward to hearing about what he's got to say. So enthusiastic and you know, passionate about what he's doing out there and the teams are doing out there, as Jean and Stuart are, of course, who really are the people pushing this forward for us and have been for many years. So he's coming along, so I'm excited about that. We've also got Andrew Hepburn coming along again from Empathy International. Um, Andrew's just back from a trip to Asia, and so we're excited again to hear about um, what he's got to say about that trip. And I really feel that Andrew's been at most of these meetings now, and I think he just feels at home, and we feel at home having him, and I feel I'm really getting to know him so well now. And again, I'm excited to hear about how things are progressing and diversifying over there and uh, all the exciting new things that are happening. So I would encourage you, encourage you to really come along and support our missionaries um, as we journey with them. So the email will come out with all the prayer points as usual, but our focus will be Watoto and Empathy International. We can't cover everything. The prayer points are there for you um, to pray in your own time as well. But with the email, the, the, well, you've already got the Zoom meeting, haven't they? So, but I'm sure Steve will send it out again just to make sure. So I please encourage you to come along and spur one another along. It's about not just about our missionaries, but every week in prayer, at the prayer meeting, we're encouraging and spurring one another on. So we're doing that in love. And I would encourage you just to come along, be it this Wednesday or any Wednesday. And I, I think that, you know, we need to be praying for Stevie and Mary too, because Stevie, you gave us a bit of a fright this week. So, you know, he's always faithful, he's always there, and so is Mary. So please come along on a Wednesday night or a Monday morning and um, pray for our church and the people in the church. But I personally am extending, uh, you know, if our, if our missionaries are coming along, it's really good to see some new faces there. Okay. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Anne. Okay, so I just need to do this little uh, exercise here. Um, so I've run out of cheeses to talk about, so... So I'll just talk about Jesus. Oh, that wasn't even funny. Okay. So today's message is entitled, The Call to Prayer. Now, sorry if this seems childish, okay? I don't mean to be condescending in any way. This is not an assembly. But can I ask you to raise your hand if you can remember the bottom line from the message last week? Raise your hand if you can remember the bottom line from the message last week. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So the bottom line last week was this. There's power in the praying community. Now we remember. Yep, the hands are starting to go up now. It's like, yep, I remember. And it was really interesting, off the back of the message last week, Keith sent me an email, and he highlighted a verse from Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, in the mess not the message translation, sorry, in the amplified tra translation of the Bible. And this is what it says. Again, I tell you, if two, or, or two of you on earth agree, in brackets, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, in square brackets, anything everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. I was really encouraged by Keith sending me that email because he'd clearly been listening to the message online. I'm so glad that you're here in person today, Keith. It's great that you're with us because we both had emergencies happening at the same time on Friday uh, round about lunchtime. But it's great that you're here, Keith. And I really feel today the word of the Lord is coming to this church a second time today. The word of the Lord is coming a second time today. 
And I believe that if the Lord had to return right now in this very moment as I'm delivering this message, he would come back finding me sharing what I believe he has put on my heart for this church today. On the 2nd of January, Sam's was speaking. Yes, there you are. I can see you now. Sam's was speaking and he brought an encouraging word to us. And it was great to hear some of your testimony, Sam's. But in that message, I shared just before Sam's got up, in his message, in that Sunday, I shared about the importance of the Word of God and getting into the Word of God. On the 9th of January, I shared a message where I talked about worship, well-being, and witness. And last week, I urged us as a community to pray together. And I said that if you forget everything else that I say, remember this one thing. There's power in the praying community. And today... I really genuinely don't mean to be condescending. I was just curious for that show of hands. If anybody could remember the bottom line of the whole message, I said, if you don't remember anything else, remember this, that there's power in the praying community. And this week has been a challenge for me in lots of different ways. It's been a busy week. But I would say at this point in time, Uh, Sorry, at one point in time during this week, I came to a crisis point about what I was to share on Sunday. And I prayed about it, and I gave God a very specific prayer request. And based on his answer to that prayer request would determine what I would share in this message today. And God clearly answered that prayer request. And so I'm sharing today what I'm sharing. And I feel that what God has asked me to do today is to underline, to highlight, to embolden, okay? And in my notes here, underline is underlined, highlight is highlighted, and embolden is written in bold to draw attention to what he is wanting to say to this church. I'm going to take a little detour for a second and talk about God's strange ways. You've heard that saying, the Lord works in mysterious ways, haven't you? And we all know that to be true. And before there was a Bible, before the written Word of God ever existed, God was speaking to people. People were able to say, I have heard the voice of God. They were able to write down what they had heard. And I want us to consider just a few examples from the prophets this morning. The first one is in Ezekiel chapter 4, the prophet Ezekiel. And in chapter 4, God tells Ezekiel to draw a model of Jerusalem on a clay tablet. See, they had tablets in the Old Testament days as well. (laughs) They just weren't iPads and Kindles and whatever else. And Ezekiel was asked to draw a picture of Jerusalem on the tablet. He was to build siege works around Jerusalem. And he was to place an iron frying pan between the model that he'd built and himself. And he had to lie on his side facing the siege for 390 days. Then for a further 40 days. God was speaking to the people through a practical illustration. Who wants to work out and act this type of message? Who wants to lie on their side for 390 days? Anybody? (laughs) I wouldn't. I'd rather preach. And he was told to bake his food using human excrement. And that's the point where he really began to object. He said, sorry, Lord, I can't do that. And so God said, okay, you can bake your food over cow dung instead. (laughs) Oh, joy. (laughs) He also had to shave his beard and shave his hair. And he had to divide the hair up into thirds. And he was given instructions about what to do with the hair. And what he did with the hair would demonstrate to the people what was about to happen in Israel as they came under attack, as they were taken into captivity. And all this was done as a prophetic sign for the people of Israel. Trouble was coming their way. And Ezekiel was told to demonstrate that trouble was coming their way through this tangible thing. God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? 
And then think in 1 Samuel chapter 19 about Saul, who would become the king of Israel. And it says of Saul that he went and he spent time with the prophets and he himself began to prophesy. And it says that he lay naked on the ground for a day and a night prophesying. I can assure you that is not going to happen today, okay? And you're probably like, <laughs> we get shut down if that happened. In Isaiah chapter 20, Isaiah was told to walk around naked and barefoot for three years as a prophetic sign about the way that the Assyrian king would lead the Egyptian captives and the Cushite exiles away in shame. Do you know what the Bible says? It says that they would be led away with their buttocks being exposed. <laughs> Isn't the Bible a fantastic book? Isn't it so interesting? Have you ever had that dream where you're naked and you're in public? Has anybody ever had that dream? Don't show hands, okay? <laughs> Who remembers the naked rambler on the, tele on the television and the news? He was in the news so often. Like, if you want to make a statement, if you want people to remember, then maybe we need to do something extreme. Okay, here we go. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> but today, today the formula is really simple. God works in mysterious ways. He sometimes asks people to do strange things. Today, it's really simple. No dung, no nudity. And I believe that God has been speaking to this church through the pastors, through visiting speakers, through the prophets over many years now. I have an A4 uh, document, may, many, many pages of things which God has said to this church over many years now. But I believe today the word of God to this church for right now is coming a second time. And it's this, and it's First and foremost, a call to prayer, a call to corporate prayer. Now, if I didn't make that clear last week, I apologize. But I feel what God is asking us to do is to begin to pray together as a community. And we have a way in which we've organized for that to be able to happen for this community to pray together. I believe God has been speaking to this church and God has a plan and purpose for this church. But there are some things that God wants to get down into the roots of this church first and establish. And one of those things is prayer. I'm going to share something. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And it's something that Alan Ross shared last May. He was prophesying over the church and then he began to prophesy over me and then Mary. But when he was prophesying over me, he went back into prophesying for the church again. And I'm going to, write, I'm going to put up on the screen what he said. He said, the Lord is birthing within you, talking about me, a new note of victory, a fresh expression of victory. Believe me, says the Lord, as a house, everyone, I will bring victory even into dire situations. Who knows that in this church, we need victory in dire situations. Do we get what has been said here? We need victory in dire situations. I desire to weave in the spiritual DNA of this house a profound sense of the victory of Christ Jesus. So be daring and be bold as I continue to work, sorry, continue the work of spiritual formation in you, says the living God. That's what Alan said last May. I listened to it, I transcribed it, I read it, I pray about it, and I say, okay, Lord, what do we need to do to position ourselves in order for you to do what you need to do, what you want to do? And I always find it interesting, the link between personal prophecy, often for me, and the prophetic word that comes to the church. There is often a link. And when he talks about spiritual formation, the things that I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, the word worship, well-being, witness, as we grapple with these things, what happens is that God begins the work of spiritual formation inside of us. And prayer is the thread that is woven all the way through the fabric of everything that we do. Everything that we do as a church. If it's not saturated in prayer, then I believe we will continue to work in the same way and reap the same fruit as we've done in the past. God is asking us as a church to do something different, and it's to saturate everything in prayer. I think we've probably prayed about lots of things in the past, 
I think God is asking us to do something different. Let me just open up this little passage a little bit today. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about whatever, they may ask, it will be Sorry, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. I want to start with that little phrase, again I tell you. Again I tell you. The word of God is coming to the church a second time today. Again I tell you. After his resurrection, Jesus talked to his disciples. What did he talk about? After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples over the course of 40 days. What did he talk about? He talked about the kingdom of God. For 40 days, he talked about the kingdom of God. That's what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. When did the disciples get it? (laughs) When did the penny drop? After 40 days, Just prior to his ascension, the disciples asked him this question in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were looking for a physical kingdom. They were looking for Rome to be displaced and for Israel to be raised and for God to establish the nation Israel. They still didn't get it. After 40 days of Jesus talking about the kingdom of God, they still didn't get it. The penny hadn't dropped. When did the penny drop? The penny dropped on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Spirit and the Spirit brought the word to life and they go, now understand what he's talking about. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this world. God is establishing a new kingdom. When he says to pray, my kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual kingdom that comes to earth, that begins to change people on this earth so that the earth becomes like the kingdom of heaven. They were still looking for an earthly kingdom. They didn't find it. And the penny eventually dropped. We need the Holy Spirit within us to cause the penny to drop so that we begin to understand little things, simple things like this power in the praying community. And not only to think about it, but for, but for it to be part of our very DNA, our spiritual makeup. Again, I tell you, if two of you, it alludes to the praying community, and it gives us the smallest number of community. Two people. Two people coming together to pray is the smallest unit of community. We have freedom of assembly. We have the ability to meet together in this place today, midweek on Zoom, in any way we choose. We have the ability. We have no restriction. In Acts chapter 4, Verse 24, it says this, they, talking about the believers, raised their voices together in prayer. They raised their voices together in prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after they, talking about the believers, prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Acts chapter 12, verse 12, where many people had gathered and were praying. What were they praying for in Acts 12? They were praying for Peter's release from prison. And they all gathered together and they began to pray for Peter. All of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. Rhoda went to the door. Who was at the door? Peter. And what did she do? Shut the door in his face. And she went to tell everybody else what had happened. There was power in the praying community. Time and time again throughout Scripture, we see that people come together to pray, if two of you, the smallest number of community. But that doesn't limit us to two, or 22, or 42. Let me go on. If we agree in prayer, if we harmonize together, if we make a symphony together. You remember the illustration from last week. You probably don't remember the bottom line, but you remember the illustration of the orchestra playing, yeah, that wonderful piece of music. 
And this is what it says in the commentaries about this whole thing about agreement, to be in complete accord, like the notes of a perfect strain of music. Another commentator said this, transcribed in our word symphony, it has so far lost its distinctive character as a concord of voices as to be used for agreement in the deeper and more inward sense. There's that whole thing about a symphony, about a concord of voices as we begin to pray together in agreement where there is harmony in what we're praying for. And then it goes on to say that it will come to pass that God will answer. It may not be the way that you think. It may not be the way that I think. Often God's ways are strange, but it's a simple equation today. It's a simple equation. Again, I tell you, again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, if we harmonize together, if we make a symphony together about whatever, about anything and everything, about whatever they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. How do we respond to something like this today? How do we respond? Do you know, I've been in meetings over the years and there have been all sorts of responses. Sometimes it's raise a hand. Sometimes it's stand to your feet in response. If you say, I want to respond to this message. Sometimes it's somebody saying a prayer and you pray this prayer after me. Do you know what? God already knows every heart in this place. He knows the intricacies of entry, every heart in this place. He knows how your heart is responding to this message right now. God knows. He already knows how you're responding. And I think what today God is saying is that the response to this word that comes a second time today, the response is not in the raising of a hand. It's not by standing up. It's not by saying a prayer. The response today is in our actions. The response is in our actions. When Abraham heard a word from God to go to a land that he would show him, to leave his home country, to leave his family, to leave everything that was familiar, and his name was Abraham at the time, okay, for those who are picking me up. And he walked out into all that God was going to show him. Abraham had to walk into the land. He had to walk through the land. And I just felt today, as we draw this to a close, that what God was saying is we need to walk this out. It's not just something in theory. It's something that we need to walk out in practice. We need to pray together. We need to seek God's face together. And one of the things that I've been challenged by over the last number of weeks, and those who join in a weddings, they will know for prayer, is that we've prayed a lot for things that we see. Problems, difficulties, situations. And that's right to do that. And it's good to do that. And it's good to stand alongside other people in prayer. But I feel what God has been saying is you need to begin to pray into the things which are unseen. You need to begin to pray for the lost to be found. You need to pray that the captives are set free. You need to begin to pray into the things which are unseen. We need to walk out into this response today. Our priorities need to align with God's priorities. And our practices need to reflect God's priorities. And here's the simple equation. Here's the simple equation. Priorities equals practice. Priorities equals practice. If something is a priority in your life, it will work its way out in practice. I don't know how to be any more clear or any more direct about the need for the church to come together to pray on a regular basis. I understand how life works. I understand that people work shifts. I understand that sometimes the time doesn't always work because of what's going on in life. I get all that. But where's our heart? Where is our heart? And do our priorities reflect God's 
priorities. God has been speaking to this church, and the only way we will see that worked out, the only way we'll see prophecy worked out, the things that God has for this church, is by beginning to work in at the foundations and at the very core of who we are, these simple things. I understand that prayer is difficult. I understand when God doesn't answer prayer the way that we expect, that it's challenging. We've been there as a church. We've experienced this. But where are your priorities? Where are your priorities? How do I explain this any differently? There will come a day where we will stand before God and he will call us to account as individuals. I won't be there to answer for you. You won't be there to answer for me. We will stand before God totally exposed and we will need to give an account for our lives. And he will say, remember back in 2022, I asked the church to come together to pray. What did you do? I said I wasn't going to get excited today. Genuinely. But I can't help it. Because there's something inside me that says that God wants to do something in this church that will bring glory to his name. Remember what Alan said, a prototype church. Something resonated within me as he said that. That God wants to do something unique, fulfill his word over this church. I was reading Jamie Tong's book. He wrote a book called the, 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 the Pastor's Little Pocket Book. And I read it through. And the thing that stood out to me was a story that Jamie told. And he said, God always fulfills his word. God had spoken into the life of the church that he was pastoring at the time. He'd spoken to a previous pastor, an older gentleman who'd pastored the church. Somebody else had came along for a while. And now Jamie and Christine were here. And he, he, he heard the voice of the Spirit in the middle of worship saying, open your eyes and look out. And what he saw when he looked out was the fulfillment of what God had said. He said, there will come a time where this building will be filled and people will have their hands raised in worship. And as he looked out, he saw the building filled with people with their hands raised in worship. God always fulfills his word. And I believe God wants to fulfill his word in this church. Let me finish with an example. As I was preparing this message on Friday morning, the day after my normal sermon prep day, I felt God spoke to me with an illustration. And I was working away on my laptop, typing up my notes on my mind map, and I'd received a warning on my laptop that the the battery was low. It was at 10%. And then I received another warning, and it was at 5%. And then the last time I looked at the battery, it was at 3%. And I just kept on typing. I just kept on doing my thing. I was quite enthusiastic about what I was writing down, as you can hopefully tell. And all of a sudden, what happened? It just switched off. The life went out, the lights went off, and there was no power. (laughs) And I had to plug it back in and wait for it to switch on again. And then I carried on. And I was like, Lord, I think you've just spoken to me. I ignored the message that said the power was just about to run out when it was on 10%. I ignored the message when it came up at 5%. I even looked at the battery when it was at 3% and I kept on working without doing anything about it. I needed to get it plugged in. Where is the power in the church? The power in the church is in the praying community. Spurgeon said this, every time I preach, people get saved. Every time I preach, people get saved. Do you want to know why? Because Underneath the surface, in the background of the church, in the basement of the church, people were praying every day. Every day, people were praying. And we celebrate Spurgeon and we think he was the prince of preachers and people get saved under his ministry. But that was just the stuff at the front. That was the 10% at the top of the iceberg. What was underneath was a praying community who believed in the power of God through prayer 
And that's what was happening underneath the surface. I don't know about you, I don't want to keep on doing what I'm doing and not see people getting saved. But do you know what? The leaders of the church can't do it on their own. It's about the power of the praying community. It's about us collectively saying, we believe God has spoken to this church and we believe that we have a part to play in that. We believe that we need to pray in order to see this happen. And do you know what, folks? What we're involved in has eternal consequences. Okay, so if you're in business and you're there to make money and to make a profit and the business doesn't make a profit, what do you do? You shut it down, you start a different one. You can do that. What we are talking about here is the eternal destiny of people. The eternal destiny of people. How can we, how can I explain this in a way that we begin to understand that what we're dealing with here has eternal consequences? We need to take responsibility. Are we Christians? Somebody said yes. Are we, are we Christians? Do we believe in an all-powerful God? Do we believe that God can do anything in the songs that we were singing? There's nothing that our God can't do. But he calls us into partnership to work with him in prayer. I don't understand why. If I was God, I would just do it myself. You know what I'm like. Sometimes it's easier just to do something yourself than to ask somebody else to do it. Hey, Robert. I've been telling Robert to stop doing that for years, and he's trying to tell me to do it. (laughs) Sometimes it's easier to do a thing yourself. But God involves us. He chooses to involve us to bring transformation. It will happen when we grasp hold of this. And if we need to change the way that we do corporate prayer, then we'll do that to make sure that everybody can be involved. We'll have some people meeting in the room here because you don't do Zoom. That's fine. Come here and we'll pray. And we'll have a camera set up as we do today. And those who can't make it can join us in Zoom. It will need to change the way that we do things, but we can do that. I've been part of prayer meetings that have been in person and on Zoom. I've been in the Zoom part. Yeah, we can do whatever we like. The point is that we need to begin to pray as a community And we need to begin to pray into the things which are not yet seen. The people who are not yet saved. Sorry, getting too excited. The people who are not Christians yet. The situations that we're facing where we're looking for God to come and break through. The response isn't raise a hand, stand up, say a prayer. The response is already happening in your heart right now. And God knows if at this point in time you've said, Aye, okay. Aye, right then. <laughs> He's off on one again. And God knows if you're saying, do you know what? I need to do something about this. God knows. God already knows your response. And the response is when our priorities reflect God's priorities. Let's just pray. I've said enough. Father, Your word has come to us a second time today. Again, I say to you, Father, I believe that what you're saying is that there is power in the the praying community. Father, I believe that anybody who's ever done anything significant for you in their lives has done so because it's been birthed in that place of prayer. And Father, I believe that as a church, that you want to birth things in this church in the place of prayer. And Father, help us to listen to your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to be led by your Holy Spirit, even as we gather together to pray. Lord, we pray that you would come in our gatherings and that you would manifest your presence. And Father, that you would speak into those gatherings. Father, that we would experience the life of God flow as people begin to pray, as they begin to pray in the Spirit, as they begin to get a hold of what's in your heart and begin to pray that through and to pray that out. Father, help us to realize that Father, you have called us to be part of this, and Lord, that you invite us to be part of this, that you have spoken over this church, and Lord, you want to fulfill those things in the life of this church. Lord, I believe that you want to work some things into the very foundations, into the very fabric of this church, 
And Father, this is what you're calling us to do, is to come together to pray. And Lord, I just pray that we would grasp hold of what you're saying here today. And Father, you hear, you hear what's happening in people's hearts today. Lord, you hear sometimes the apprehension that's in our hearts as we think about coming to a time to pray together. And Father, just the apprehension that resides in our hearts. Lord, we pray that you just come and that you pour that oil of the Holy Spirit in the troubled water of our heart. And Lord, that you just give us a peace about that. So Lord, we pray that you'd stir our hearts to pray. Lord, I pray about praying today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to pray. Help us to pray. And Lord, we do, we do bring before you those who are really struggling in this church. Lord, we, I know there are people who are going through difficulties just now. Those who are struggling with all sorts of issues. Lord, things which never make the public domain even. Things that people don't know about. And Father, there are things going on in this church that I don't know about. And Lord, we pray that you come and that you demonstrate your power. Father, that you'd be present in our situation. Father, that you would be present in our suffering. Lord, that you'd be present with a loved one that we're concerned about. Lord, that you'd be present in that situation. Lord, help us to stay focused on you. And Father, we pray that you just demonstrate your power, that you would be glorified in our lives and in this church. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. Looking forward to Wednesday to our missionaries joining us. Hope that you can be with us.